It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 11th day of December 2023. This is the horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Sandy Real Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza. That is the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All time zones in between in the great globe round and whatever time it happens to be when you're listening to the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, pretty please like and subscribe to uh, like each episode. Subscribe on a couple of, of uh, platforms. Comment. Let the algor- help the algorithms uh, show other people the program exists, and thereby help to uh, grow this little experiment in independent broadcasting. Coming up on twenty years in the making if you are in fact listening live though well feel free to take part in the merry wacky zany real time madcap multimedia extravaganza that is the horn chat room and uh, if you do pop in right now you'll be greeted by the early arrivers Anatole and Ralphs and Squeaky and Theo and capably moderated by a longtime horn chief agronomist chief mathematician Bud Trimmer Emeritus and Zimmergist Roger in Oregon. And a good time will be had by all. Hi, I'm Robin. And, well, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So that means thanks go out to our 11th, 10th, and 9th day of the month subscribers. Let's see here. And that means thank you to one of our longest-standing subscribers. Thank you to Tony and Chico. And thank you to David in Oregon. Thank you to Christopher, also in Oregon. 
Thank you to John in Maryland. Hi, John. Uh, thank you to uh, our pal Joe and Daniel. Thank you so much. Thanks to Ralphs and thanks to Mary Bell. Thank you, James, so very kindly. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program. Now, what does that mean? It means that... Uh, It means that the fundraising goal stands at 920 bucks. 10 people at $92, 92 people at 10, uh, 46 at 5, and after that the siphon just becomes painful. Mm -hmm. But it, it is important because the middle of the month is typically the hardest time of the month uh, here. At the magnificent Kincaid Mansion and the fabulous Horn Studios. And that's the time when things like power bills and phone bills and internet bills and, ah, eh, well, now <laughs> propane, etc., are due. And it's colder than a well digger's ass outside. It's not so bad here in the fabulous Horn Studios at 70. That's because the little uh, rollabout heat pump seems to be doing its job. But it's gray and crummy, and we all know what an impact that has on your humble hostess. But it is, uh, it's more in Monday. And lo, in those days, a decree went out that all the Morans should appear on a tiny radio show to be counted. This is that radio show. I had a lovely weekend. I hope you did as well. Uh, I'm way done. Just enjoying being in the kitchen. And I had a... Uh, I'm, I'm deep in soup mode. This is just that time of year. And... And... One day every weekend, it seems, lately, I spend making some sort of humongous pot of soup. And so this past weekend was almost two years to the day, since a day two years ago. See how it works? When I felt up to being up on my feet all day long, and I celebrated it down in Birmingham by making uh, oxtail soup. And so that's what I did over the weekend. And oh my heavenly days, uh, my oxtail soup recipe is approaching a level of refinement that is near perfection. And so I've shared it out once again. And I've had a, I've had several bowls, and Annette's had a bowl, and there's a general agreement that it's freaking fabulous. And so, uh, even as I was working on the oxtail soup this past weekend, yesterday as a matter of fact, uh, I reached the conclusion that next weekend's soup is going to be an Appalachian staple, a classic, made by generation upon generation of Appalachian women. It's going to be uh, just 
potato soup. Just potato soup. And it's going to be rich and creamy and wonderful, and there'll be cornbread. It's, it's, you know, feeding people is my happy place. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Checking to make sure, yeah, all the packets are passing and the screams are screaming, so we should be in good stead. Um, Plenty to go into today, and uh, I think I'll forego the Calliope music and just get right to business. We talked on Friday, and this is sort of a uh, a debrief of that. Uh, we, we talked on Friday about whether or not Julius Geezer, orange genius... <laughs> Uh, would uh, actually show up and show up and uh, testify today as he had promised he would. And in point of fact, it wasn't just that he promised he would. It was that counsel for the parking garage, Alina Habana Habana Habana. And by the way, I, ch- I, I did, the first thing this morning, I checked in with my filthy morning habit. And all I can say is, hi, Mika. Because now she's, been, now she hasn't gotten all the way to Alina Habana Habana Habana. But this morning, I heard uh, her say, Alina Habana Habana. And I'm pretty sure she wasn't having pronunciation difficulties. No, no. Uh, but she had... Uh, let's see here. Um, she'd been quite brazen. Counsel for the parking garage had... about her her client uh, let's see here on Monday he will open himself up to whatever they want because he's not afraid people that are afraid cower President Trump doesn't cower we'll be back on Monday now we and I mean you got all that right one more time he will take that stand on Monday. He will open himself up to whatever they want because he's not afraid. People that are afraid cower. President Trump doesn't cower. We'll be back on Monday. No. And no, he wasn't. Because he is, in fact, a chicken shit. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't show up today. No, no, he, after, after all that bluster and all of that uh, bravado and Alina having a, having a council for the parking garage, and I got I to gotta give her props. That pink suit. I never imagined that pale pink could be a power suit in a courtroom setting, but girls got it going on. 
that that pale pink suit was just working for her. But no, suddenly he heard his uh, dead mom calling, or or, or, or maybe uh, mel- mel- melanoma was having a having a melodown, or I I don't know. Or maybe it was just a matter of him realizing that he was gonna be absolutely hammered because he hadn't uh, he, he he had testified upon being subpoenaed by or you know or not subpoenaed but upon being called to the stand by the state of New York but he didn't he had not testified in his own behalf in the case in chief and so he uh, apparently his pettifoggers finally got through to him despite all the bluster by counsel for the parking garage he uh, well they told him that he was going to get probably wind up with perjury charges if it and that it would put them in a horrible spot of having to, well, deal with a, an uncomfortable moment when they actually knew he was lying under oath and would have to go and say, uh, Your Honor, uh, um, I, I can no longer question my witness or else I'm not going to have a law license anymore. Um melanoma needed Donnie to loan her his credit card there you go Ralphs absolutely <laughs> and, and Alina Havana 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 and Chris Kyes heard their law licenses calling them so he yeah he, he, he bailed he chickened out of course announcing it on his rattle trap falling apart social media platform tripe social he uh, uh, he triped yesterday afternoon stay all caps all caps I'll try to do it justice and remember counsel for the parking garage Alina Havana 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 said people who are afraid cower well he cowered Brave said Donald ran away. No, bravely ran away, away. Oh, didn't. No singing. We got a $920 fundraising goal. Quit that. But behind the scenes, they were begging him, please, boss, please, don't testify, please. Because they actually, being uh, being lawyers to some degree or another, <sighs> understand just how deep the shit is that he's in judge. Or the, the judge, just how deep the shit is that he is already got a judgment for. There, sorry, having English language problems. Statement of 45th President Donald J. Trump. 
as everyone knows, I have very successfully and conclusively testified in the corrupt, Biden-directed New York State Attorney General's rigged trial against me. He got cross-examined, but no, he hasn't testified in his case in chief. World-renowned experts, highly respected bank and insurance executives, real estate professionals, as well as others, both honest and credible. He's had some who are honest and some who are credible, but neither none that were both honest and credible. This guy has long language problems. He really, really does. And he has dropped something on the order of... Goodness me, uh, he's he's shot through two and a half million dollars in experts in this trial. No, really. Two and a half million. In a trial in which liability is already established? Have stated clearly and unequivocally that I, my very successful company, did nothing wrong. My financial statements were conservative, liquid, and extraordinary. A top professor from New York Stern. I'm sorry. What? A top professor from NYU Stern said if Mr. Trump were my student, he would get an A on his financial statements. I've never seen a statement that provided so much detail and is so transparent as these statements. Plus, they all have an ironclad disclaimer clause stating that the users must do their own due diligence and analysis. No reliance. The only fraud committed was by the highly partisan and out-of-control judge and racist AG who promised that I will get Trump. I will get Trump. But he wasn't done. It took him a couple of minutes, but there was more thumbing. Page two. They claimed that Mar-a-Lago was worth only $18 million when it's worth 50 to 100 times that amount in order to illegally reduce my values and make a fake case against me. They did this on other properties as well and wouldn't give me a jury. Likewise, we've been over the jury thing, haven't we? Yes, we do. I don't have to go back. Likewise, the AG thugs. Do not want to acknowledge that I paid almost $300 million in New York City and state taxes during the years in question. No, they're acknowledging what he paid. He just didn't pay enough. He stiffed the state of New York. Right? Yeah. Importantly, I wanted the appellate division, which effectively ended most of the case, but the biased judge refused to accept their order, an unheard of thirst, also not true, 
based on the above and the fact that our unassailable final expert witness has been so strong and irrefutable in his testimony, which will conclude on Tuesday that I have already testified to everything and have nothing more to say other than that this is a complete and total election interference, Biden campaign, witch hunt that will do nothing but keep businesses out of New York. I will not be testifying on Monday, MAGA. Uh, This is one of his longest tantrums in quite some time because there was a page three. Don't forget, in addition to everything else in the fake and fraudulent case that Peekaboo has brought against me, their so-called star and only witness, sleazebag and disbarred former lawyer, Michael Cohen, is not their only witness. The documents themselves are witnesses against him. Ooh, that's got a sting. Admitted in court to repeatedly lying under oath. Yes, he did. He admitted to lying under oath for the benefit of Donald Genius Trump. It was a total breakdown. A non-recoverable Perry Mason moment. That alone ends this Biden-driven witch hunt. Election interference. Somebody wasn't feeling particularly stable yesterday. Somebody's mental health was not the best. But the reality was, and his lawyers told him, that he was going to get hung up in some serious perjury. And over at Forbes, Dan Alexander put a long uh, shit on Shitter. in which he, in rather significant detail, outlined all the perjury possibilities that faced Nitwit Nero should he take the stand today. And so, uh, yes, uh, yes, Ralph, yes, an expert from NYU Stern. Um, uh, Dan Alexander noting, I will not be testifying on Monday. Trump says in an all-cap statement posted on his social media platform, Truth Social, he'd been slated to retake the stand in his fraud trial against the New York Attorney General. The likelihood that Trump was going to say anything that would help his case was close to zero. And uh, he said that he admitted as much in his statement, saying, I have already testified to everything and I have nothing more to say. There was, Alexander continued, however, a significant risk of getting on the stand again. Uh, After all, committing perjury comes with consequences. Let's look at the previous testimony. The last time he testified, Trump fielded questions about his penthouse, which his statement's listed at 30,000 square feet, even though it's only 10,996 square feet. Uh, This is not a matter of subjectivity. It's a cold fact. Trump blamed others for getting it wrong. Then after Trump testified, we at Forbes released an audio clip which had not previously been made public, showing him personally lying about the square footage of his penthouse, claiming it was 33,000 square feet, and provided the uh, provided the audio. Uh, we've already heard that. We'll, we'll, we'll take that as played. 
This is the entire floor. Of, uh, this is the entire floor of Trump Tower. Just so you understand, this isn't like I'll show you. Now this wraps around the building, all around the elevators, and I have three times three, so there's like eleven thousand feet on the floor. So I have like th- I have three, so thirty-three thousand dollars. So <laughs> three times three is eleven. Yes, Nitwit Nero, and pi is three. So he's got triple pi. Triple times. On the stand, Trump used the same twisted math to explain how others had gotten it wrong. I could see how it was done. They took 10,000 feet per floor because the floors are, I believe, about 10,000 feet, and they went times three. But he wasn't done. He claimed he'd noticed the square footage discrepancy and directed his underlings to fix it on his statements. The truth? Well, uh, Chase Withorn, a colleague of Dan Alexander's at, at Forbes, Discovered it. Um, and that's when they confronted Weisselberg and McConney with the square footage as it actually stood. Yet the Trump Organization continued to list the penthouse at 30,000 square feet on its documents, as you can see in the documents that Dan Alexander provided. After the email, Weisselberg and Donald Trump Jr. nonetheless signed off on the documents after they had been corrected. And then two months after that, Forbes published the uh, Chase Withorn report. Donald Trump has been lying about the size of his penthouse. And it was only after that article was published that the Trump Organization changed the numbers. Weisselberg, during his testimony, said, I think that's when we began to do our investigation as to, you know, what the number really was at that point. And Alexander points out, when so much of what you say is not true, it can be difficult to keep track of everything. By testifying he directed McConaughey and Weisselberg to change the numbers, Trump seemed to suggest that he helped edit the net worth statements after he became president. Only he contradicted himself in a deposition of April 2023. He said, once I became president, I would, if I saw it at all, I'd see it, you know, after it was already done. But it wasn't already done because he edited it. And as Alexander points out, that's just one of the assets at issue here. And there are dozens of others all of which are under the microscope. Like 40 Wall Street. He was asked, have you ever inflated the operating income of 40 Wall Street? Not that I know of. But there's tape on that too. And Dan Alexander goes on to say that uh, had he shown up today... It might have sounded a little bit like Trader Tot, Nitwit Jr.'s testimony from last month. And uh, that was when Nitwit Jr. talked about the, uh, the, 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 how magnificent the buildings were and how people uh, it, it fell all over themselves praising them. 
Eric the Dumber was supposed to testify, but well, uh, he heard his freedom calling and show, didn't decided not to show up. So whereas Newt Nero claimed that your only witness was caught in a lie, stupid Michael Cohen. Well, the only witnesses they've been able to call in their case in chief on the defense are basically hired guns, people paid to say things. Uh, by the way, uh, NYU Stern said that I'm definitely six foot three and 215 pounds and look like maybe I'm 35 years old and definitely don't have a rack of, you know, 54 Bs. I made that part up. And so had he shown up, it would have been one perjured statement after another. And poor Alina Habana 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 counsel for the parking garage and Donald Trump probably would have wept openly at the counsel table, seeing all her chances to be the fourth Mrs. Trump evaporating like steam rising from the ground on a hot summer day. I've, had all, I've said all I have to say. And multiple people pointed out the fact that he was running away because uh, he was going to get absolutely devastated on the stand. And remember, um, it some of this could have proven useful in, say, the D.C. case, the Miami case, the Fulton County case, hell, maybe even the Stormy Daniels case. Uh, former U.S. Attorney Joyce Vance, whom a lot of us see on MSNBC from time to time, um, went on Substack and said, he really is all hat, no cattle, talking tough until it's time to put his hand down when he usually folds. Mary Trump referred to it as the most expected reversal since the last time Donald Trump reversed himself. Wow, a little cowbell for Mary Trump. And uh, Joyce Vance answering her own question, well, why, why not testify? Well, possibly because of the specter of a candidate for the presidency being forced to take the Fifth Amendment over and over on the witness stand during cross-examination is too much for even Trump to withstand. Judge Arthur Ngoron has already found that Trump and his company committed fraud. His testimony wouldn't change that. Most of what's left is for the judge to determine how much of it is ill-gotten ga- of its ill-gotten gains the company has to disgorge to the people of New York. Trump knows he's lost this case, and he's playing only the court of public opinion at this point. Now, clever of her to use that that Chai Chai Roderick Wee's quote. Big hat, big boots, 
No goddamn cattle. Also over the weekend, he moved into threat, uh, threat mode at one of his clavering rallies over the weekend. He said, uh, I just got this message for crooked Joe Biden. Be careful. Be very, very careful. About what? Tangerine Tiberius, about what? Yeah, that's 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 wannabe mob boss talk. It's a nice White House you got going there. Be a shame if something happened to it. But then, over on Tripe Social, having threatened the President of the United States, he decided to threaten anointed booger-eating future King of America, Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, and Josh Hall and Ass? What? Um, and he said, uh, So interesting that the Democrats are looking hard at the Senate races in both Missouri and Texas. Josh and Ted must be very careful. Stranger things have happened. <sighs> yeah. And then there's the news that broke today that in a preemptive strike, special counsel Jack Smith has gone straight to the Supreme Court of the United States with a question and it goes to the heart of what Nitwit Nero has been grumbling about he filed Jack Smith did with the Supreme Court today asking uh, trying uh, jumping straight over the uh, the circuit court of appeals Asking the court to rule our most puissant, dread, sovereign, supreme Catholic majesties. He, Smith must be terribly, terribly confident. Asking them to rule directly on whether Marcus Horalius has any immunity whatsoever from prosecution. And the court could insist that it uh, that the, the the query go through the entire process, you know, circuit courts of appeal up to the Supreme Court, whatever. Um, but it is what lawyers refer to as a case of first impression. So there's reason to think that they will in fact take up the question as presented 
by Jack Smith. And I think it's safe to say that uh, Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson and Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan will say, Oh no, he ain't immune. And Kim in New York, hi Kim, uh, just sent me a uh, statement verifying that the Supreme Court, in fact, have said that they'll expedite it. <laughs> uh, Mueller, she wrote a Twitter account, said, SCOTUS has granted Jack Smith's request to expedite consideration of his petition for certiorari, and Trump has until December 20th to respond. This is important because the whole reason for doing this was to make sure that the trial date uh, which the D.C. case is currently scheduled to begin trial in March. And recall that that is, uh, let's see, uh, March is about 79 days away. That's not even the whole of winter. Oh, no. And it could take a ginormous bite out of his effort to uh, try to delay the case until the sun burns out. And that scares him beyond... any ability to define fear. So he's got, again, until, well, he's got eight days to respond to the petition for certiorari. And what's he going to say? Uh, no, no, the court doesn't need to hear this. When everything he's been saying is that there's no jurisdiction, that he is in fact immune. Should make for an interesting filing from counsel for the parking garage. Or, or uh, oh, I'm sorry, John Lauro. This is the D.C. case. the dude he hired from Tampa because none of the D.C. lawyers who are actually good at this stuff would touch him. Yeah. Oh, a note coming from Steve in New York at the beginning of the program. Hi, Steve. Subject line, the program. Perhaps this is corny, but I cannot tell you how glad I am to hear your voice. My anxiety has turned up to 12 with my job search and partnership BS, and this weekend was just dreadful. You know why, but I don't want to repeat it here, so thank you. I do know why, Steve, 
and I understand completely. Honestly, I was kind of chomping at the bit to get to air today, too. I enjoy my weekends, and I freely confess that apart from what, you know, just checking headlines along the way, I've taken to disconnecting a little bit just for my own uh, emotional and mental well-being. But when Monday rolls around, I'm right back at it. And so it was that at uh, 8.24 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which of course would be 5.24 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I noticed a note coming in from Matt in San Francisco. Uh, The subject line was, straight road, so to speak. Matt said, I'm worried about Mika. This morning, it seems, she has fully embraced the fact that a pregnant woman has no rights to speak of. And I I agree. It, it, It would not have been any more plain had she simply quoted that sentence, I think it's, is it the second sentence in the dissent in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health in which um, the dissenting justices wrote, from the moment of fertilization, a woman has no rights to speak of. Matt continued and said, I could hear the anger in her composed, professional voice. I'm doubling down on my bet that she starts referring to 45 as that fat, evil motherfucker within three months. I ain't taking the bet. Cause <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I might, Matt, I might take the under. Really? And I wrote back to Matt quickly and said, how dare you live in my mind this early? And Mika was... And apparently Joe decided not to come into work. I don't know if he was on a bender this weekend or what. Nah, Joe never touches the sauce. Maybe he had a late-night gig with his band or something. I don't know. I'm just being being facetious. But Mika was, as Tracy might say, hotter than fish grease. She was pissed off about Kate Cox. Relaying the story in all of its horror of what happened to Kate Cox. Remember, Kate Cox is the Texas woman, pregnant, 20 weeks pregnant, with a baby that will not live outside the womb. Or if it does live outside the womb, will live in agony for a short period of time after birth. And uh, Kate Cox, of whom... Her doctors have said that if she carries this baby to term, she may not be able to get pregnant again. And she wants 
badly wants a healthy, successful pregnancy. Well, I guess the case has been mooted out because reports hit the wires earlier today that Kate Cox, who was told by a judge of competent jurisdiction that she could, in fact, have an abortion based upon the expert testimony adduced at trial. But Ken Paxton then intervened and said, Oh, no, you can't, little missy. Trying to hold up processes, and then the Texas Supreme Court said, "Well, we're not going to give no abortion. Allow her, allow that little that, that little huzzy to have no abortion until until we have determined in our text in, in our, our Texas Christian righteousness whether or not the huzzy has a right uh, to 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 uh, not to have to carry a, a baby that ain't going to live." Leaving Kate Cox, no alternative. And she left Texas. And so uh, the Center for Reproductive Rights, via Nancy Northrup, the president and CEO of the organization, said this past week of legal limbo has been hellish for Kate. Her health is on the line. She's been in and out of emergency rooms, and she couldn't wait any longer. I suspect that the Center for Reproductive Rights and Ms. Cox knew what they were doing, because this will then trigger, I suspect, Texas's uh, abortion bounty law and some asshole... Ken Paxton, Dan Patrick, Greg Asbot, the entire majority of the Texas House and Senate, to sue for damages, oh, the Center for Reproductive Rights, um, the airline, anyone who helped her transport, Maybe the worker at the McDonald's. No, let's make it the Dickies barbecue counter in DFW for aiding and abetting her abortion. Which will then result in going back to court. Remember, our most puissant uh, Supreme Catholic, Dread Sovereign Supreme Catholic Majesties could have obviated all of this but chose not to, saying that the uh, abortion bounty law could remain in place and and refusing to rule it as being unconstitutional, which it damned well is. Uh, Paxton, of course, had threatened to prosecute the doctor or sue the doctor, or both. The doctor would face civil and criminal liability, including first-degree felony prosecutions, saying, 
Paxton did. Well, uh, the, the doctors that testified under oath didn't meet all of the elements necessary to fall within an exception to Texas abortion laws. And the judge, here's where the real comedy comes in, the judge was not medically qualified to make this hell determination. She'd been to the ER three times. I know a little bit about that. I remember when Margie was on her way. And that will be 30 years, well, it's 30 years ago now. And Annette was in and out of the emergency room in a tiny little West Virginia county. She had compassionate care. But she also had terrible, terrible preterm labor. And she and I both so desperately wanted our baby to arrive safe and alive and fully gestated. And we did get Margie on the ground in the middle of the worst ice storm in a hundred years in that part of West Virginia. But it doesn't always work out that way. Now bear in mind, if the doctor in Texas had performed the procedure, the medically necessary procedure, Ken Paxton would have gone after him seeking life in prison. And that's a hell of a thing to ask a doctor to do for simply following his Hippocratic Oath. Um, Cox's, yeah, the people that Ken Paxton would have sued. Cox's husband, Darlene says, Mary Surratt, the guy who held John Wilkes Booth's horse. The list of culpables is endless. And you are so right, Darlene. And talking about taking a little break during the weekends, Steve says, the news. I used to be a news junkie. I've not actually consciously looked at a newspaper or a news site since October 7th. I rely on you and others to tell me what's going on. I don't like doing that, but, Robin, I simply can't take it to know in any detail what's going on right now. I reiterate that I really cannot thank you enough for being here. Oh, Steve. Thank you for being there. And thanks to this entire community. Y'all are why this program exists. It's not a it's not an ego exercise on my part. It is a nearly twenty year old effort at community building that has been more successful than I ever really dreamed it could be. And so it was that Mika this morning, uh, as as Matt pointed out, wasn't okay. Kay Cox, who is 20 weeks pregnant, was warned by her doctor and multiple doctors that if she carries this pregnancy to term, it will likely jeopardize her health and future fertility. 
Despite this, the Texas Attorney General asked the state Supreme Court to step in, arguing Cox does not meet the criteria for a medical exception. Today is Monday, December 11th, and believe it or not, it is 2023, not 1923. And that's where we're going to begin this morning. This is an unsettling and all too common story. Once again, an aging white man faces indictments, is accused of covering up an affair, faced impeachment, and still his wrecking ball. Yeah, it's okay if you want to refer to him as pasty faced and doughy, too. You can even have the 54B line. I'm not charging. Use of political power continues with brutal consequences on the lives of women. Sounds familiar. I'm actually not talking about Donald Trump. This time, it's another far-right Republican who considers it a compliment to be called Trumpy. After all, this man, according to Reuters, tried to sue Joe Biden over 50 times on issues including immigration and gun rights and a ton of other garbage. I'm talking, of course, about Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. I hope her contract is really, really ironclad. I hope I hope her agent is among the best. Because I don't know if the suits at NBC, Comcast Universal, or Comcast Universal NBC, I'm not quite sure what order it falls in, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to be okay with her talking like that about pasty-faced, doughy old white men. Being as how most of them are probably pasty-faced, doughy old white men. Paxton is so desperate to mimic Trump, so desperate for Trump's support that he led a lawsuit in 2020 to... Sewer, Ken Paxton. Sewer. No, I wasn't saying sue her. I was calling Ken Paxton a sewer. Challenge the results of that year's election in Trump's favor. The Supreme Court, of course, quickly threw that out. But that's how desperate he is. The man is so desperate to mimic Trump that he behaves in a cruel, brutal fashion and won't back down until a ill woman is physically and emotionally destroyed. That woman, Kate Cox, and her health is in danger because of Ken Paxton, who is using laws against abortion, thank you Donald Trump, Leonard Leo, and many others, to make sure her suffering is the most it can be. We gotta wake up. We need to wake the hell up. This country has lost so much already. Women have lost so much. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, a man or a woman, please look at the face of this moment in time. Kate Cox could be your daughter, your sister, your wife, you. Kate Cox is 31 and needs an abortion. Her physical and emotional well-being is in peril. Her developing fetus has trisomy 18, a rare chromosomal disorder that's likely to cause stillbirth. That's where she gives birth to a dead baby. Or her baby will barely survive the birth and then will die shortly after. She will watch her newborn, Kate Will, suffer, gasp for air, and then die. 
there are also other risks. That's the reason she needs an abortion uh, of bringing this pregnancy to term, including making it impossible for Kate to ever have a baby again and to sterilize her. Kate needs that abortion now to protect her own health, too. She's been to the ER four times for severe cramps, leaking fluid, and elevated vital signs, according to her lawyer. And then, of course, there is the mental anguish. We're going through the loss of a, of a child. There's no outcome here that I take home my healthy baby girl, you know, so um, it's hard, you know. So why isn't this woman in the OR right now getting the life-saving health care she needs? Because the Texas Attorney General, not a doctor, not a scientist, an aging white far-right Republican male, believes he knows what should happen with Kate's body. He would prefer that she carry her non-viable fetus to term. Consequences be damned. That's Ken's choice. Ken has choices. Kate does not. Ken is choosing to block Kate's health care once again by threatening legal action against any doctor who performs Kate's life-saving abortion. Legal action against the hospital where the procedure happens, he wants to do that as well. So for Kate, a desperate mother in need of health care, the reason her body may lose its ability to have more children, the reason her young children have a sick, suffering mother, the reason her very life may be absolutely shattered and in danger, is because Ken Paxton is driving home the reality that we all must face. That because Trump and his cronies were able to destroy Roe, something he loves to brag about, we have no rights to protect ourselves in a situation like this. I think forcing me to continue the pregnancy and the pain and suffering put me through the risks of continuing the pregnancy, the risk of childbirth again, especially given how my last two went. I, I think it's cruel. We have no right to save ourselves from suffering. Our daughters are growing up in a world where they will be scared to get pregnant. They will fear that people like Ken Paxton will have more of a say in their health care decisions than their doctors. They will fear that they will suffer or even die when attempting to bring a life into this world. This isn't a fear we have about something that might happen. Let's all freak out about what might happen. No, this is where we are right now. And this Monday morning, I pray for Kate Cox and the many other women who will inevitably be in the same situation. I'm also praying that we all step up. You may be a Republican. You may have voted for Trump thinking this all isn't so bad. It's worse. Wake up and consider voting with Kate in mind in the next presidential election. The choices may not be perfect. They may be far from perfect. I get that. What we're trying to save, though, is the ability to have choices and options in this country and to make those choices in a country that is a democracy.
Mika has been getting better and better and better. That wasn't the only time she, how to put it, that she it broke uh, the dry and stayed both sides phony objectivity. This is not a case where there, uh, this, the, the, Kate Cox's matter is not a matter in which there are two competing and equally compelling sides. There is the well-being of a woman whose risks are verified and real. And then there's the sick, pathological, disgusting, fetishistic, political, ideological, misogynistic conduct of the people who are so-called pro-life. Mika's voice broke. I'm sure you may have heard it. I'm sure you did hear it on the clip. Mika's voice broke while she was describing all of that. I suspect because she's triggered as hell. She has her own child or children. She knows the fear and the anticipation and the love that goes into bringing a child into the world. It's not like Kate Cox hates her baby. It's not like Kate Cox didn't want a happy, healthy baby. But Kate Cox is a human being. Kate Cox is a member of life on this planet. And for the childbearing portion of the life on this planet, things sometimes go wrong. They go wrong in humans. They go wrong in chimpanzees. They go wrong in gorillas. They go wrong in aardvarks. They go wrong in dogs and cats. Hell, they probably go wrong in ants and bees. And in every other species, order, and phylum, we don't really give a shit. But when it is a human being capable of, 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 of birthing life... There are inextricably, inexplicably, patriarchally, men and self-hating women. I, I've never met any self-hating non-binary people, so I'm leaving them out of this one. Who put political advantage real or perceived 
above the needs and rights, not of a theoretical person, but a real one. These right-to-life monsters blather on about, but the fetus has a heartbeat! And at the point in time when they're saying a fetus has a heartbeat, it doesn't, because it doesn't have a fucking heart! Liars! Never not once giving a good tinker's damn about the heartbeat of the person carrying the life. Stephen New York says, uh, Kate Cox, I really think Biden should send the U.S. Marshals to Texas to transport Kate Cox to a state where she can get the health care she needs and then dare Paxson and his cult members to touch her. As regarding Mika, the way I heard it is that it took all of her willpower to not erupt in a justified epithet lace tirade. I would have been I would have been there for it if she had. Because maybe that is part of what we need. Maybe someone needs to talk about people like Ken Paxton in the language as the late great Bart Cop once said, most Americans are prone to use. Ken Paxton, a rotten, no good, scum sucking motherfucker of a man, a pale imitation of a man, a vulgar perversion of a Christian, and go from there. While we're at it, because we do look into this corner of things from time to time, is it too much to ask that maybe the Austin American statesman or the Dallas Morning News or the, uh, what is it, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram or any of the other, uh, the, the, the Houston Star, is it the Houston Star? Houston Chronicle, Houston Chronicle. And every other newspaper in the state of Texas issued full-throated, lambasting condemnations of Ken Paxton and every godforsaken Republican in the state of Texas who supports him. Is that too much to ask? Or would the advertisers all run away? I rather despise the fig leaf fiction that exists that suggests that somehow uh, news and advertising departments and the editorial page and advertising departments are entirely separate from one another. Because no one except people who live under bell jars at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium believe that. And sometimes... Even even in the middle of the third decade of the 21st century, doing the right thing matters. Oh, thank you, Ralph. Uh, there's a list of all the newspapers in Texas. If nothing else, and and this is a this is this is a valuable tool, 
if people would send deluge, say, the Abilene Reporter News or the Alpine Avalanche or the Dime Box Moral Volcano and Morning Blast of, and, and Blast of Freedom with letters to the editor and, get, and, and, and guest editorials, perhaps... Texans might sit up and realize that the people they've been putting in office are a bunch of assholes. Gracious sakes, that's a lot of newspapers. Dallas Morning News has a circulation of 137,262. There's the El Dorado Success, um, circulation 957. Fort Worth Star-Telegram has a circulation of 43,342. Devoutly to be wished. You know? Oh, and we are into the second hour of the program for this Moran Monday. We entered the program with $920 to raise and bills breathing down our necks. Golly, if we could... uh, and what that represents is today's program, Friday's program, Thursday's program, and $20 of Wednesdays. If we could uh, knock that out, it would be fantastic. It would be superb. Any portion of it, but maybe, and I may be off. We may have finished Wednesday last week. No, we didn't. We didn't. I'm pretty sure we didn't. But if we could if we could take care of last week before we get fully into this week and keep the fundraising goal from getting absolutely freaking terrifying, it would be. It would be so good. But one of the things that Mika mentioned was that this story isn't just about Kate Cox, and lo and behold, it isn't. Kate Cox, at least thus far, has not faced any kind of criminal liability. She hasn't been arrested, jailed, anything like that. It's not always the case. And as proof, we go to the Buckeye State, Ohio, and in particular, Warren, Ohio, And a woman named Brittany Watts. Brittany Watts is 33 years old. Brittany Watts was until recently a mother-to-be. She was pregnant. And Brittany Watts had a miscarriage. 
Again, I find that term troubling. It remains in the argot, but... Eh. That word miscarriage implies that the, 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 the mother has done something wrong, that she has carried the pregnancy somehow wrong, somehow improperly. Gentle reminder that the actual medical term for what we call a miscarriage is spontaneous abortion. And Brittany Watts experienced one. Like Kate Cox, Brittany Watts had been to the hospital with labor problems, preterm labor problems. Um, you know, Kate Cox experienced uh, leakage and in a pregnancy that's terrifying. And so too did Brittany Watts. Her water broke way too early. Meaning the membranes of the of the uh, um, placental sac ruptured, preventing the amniotic fluid that protects the gestating baby to run out. And so, Brittany Watts lost her baby. She lost her baby on the toilet. I, I, I cannot begin to comprehend the horror that poor woman must have must have felt. I cannot comprehend it except to say that thirty years ago and with each of our children we dealt with preterm labor. Annette took medications that racked her body and may have damaged our babies along the way. The medication she took was subsequently black boxed by the FDA and allowed for use in pregnant women only in cases of the most extreme urgency and only in a bed rest hospital situation. But regardless, and I don't do this for any prurient interest or, or to be particularly graphic, but she was on the toilet and she felt her 22-week-old fetus 
slide from her. She heard a big splash, is how it's being described. And she called for help. Brittany Watts called for help because God knows she needed it. And that's when the Warren, Ohio police showed up. Because see, they're in the Buckeye State, they're in Ohio. The Republicans there have made sure that women are suspect, particularly pregnant women. Recall that it was the Buckeye State where a 12-year-old rape victim had to flee to Talibandiana. so that she could be relieved of the fetus that her rapist had created inside her 12-year-old body and outraged maggots in Ohio barked and grunted and hooted and threatened legal action and the doctor who performed the child's abortion was threatened by the uh, Attorney General of Talibandiana for saving the little girl's life. Because carrying that rape baby to term might well have destroyed her little 12-year-old body. That Ahia. Everything that I've just described with Brittany Watts happened on September the 22nd. 22 weeks pregnant on September the 22nd. And 33-year-old Brittany Watts is now facing a felony charge brought by the good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual, Christian Republicans of the Buckeye State. Brittany Watts never sought abortion care. Brittany Watts didn't want abortion care. Brittany Watts wanted a happy, healthy, full-term baby. But that does not matter to the Ohio maggots. And when the cops showed up and found a devastated Brittany Watts, broken and bleeding, suffused with fear and grief, a detective testifying before some pissant judge said, Yeah. We got there and we found the baby stuck in the toilet.
and the prosecutors painted Brittany Watts. as a killer, a monster, a horror. With no regard whatsoever for the monstrous horror that Brittany Watts herself had undergone. Mercifully, she thought, the case was closed on November the 2nd. But it didn't stay closed. Because some prosecutor, some DA, some political punk, wanted a feather in his cap. Warren, Ohio Municipal Court Judge Terry Inovchok made a finding of probable cause, meaning, just as a reminder, that it was more likely than not that a crime had been committed and more likely than not that Brittany Watts was the person who committed it. And so now she faces a grand jury despite the fact that the medical examiner said that the baby wasn't viable at the time of the spontaneous abortion, miscarriage if you will. WKBN News published the following. Forensic pathologist Dr. George Sturbins testified an autopsy found no injury to the fetus and that the unborn fetus had died before passing through the birth canal. He said Watts' medical records showed she visited the hospital twice before the delivery. This fetus was going to be non-viable. It was going to be non-viable because she had premature ruptured membranes. Her water had broken early and the fetus was too young to be delivered. Brittany Watts is presently out on $5,000 bond because Republicans are God-forsaken, vulgar, heartless, remorseless monsters. She's pled not guilty. But if she's convicted, she's looking at two years in prison because a heartbroken woman has been accused by those self-righteous Christians in Ohio of abusing a corpse. The fetus, remember, was non-viable. It wasn't a corpse. It was just tissue. 
and recall, please, that spontaneous abortion happens in about 50% of all human pregnancies. And so Brittany Watts is in limbo. Oh, by the way, Brittany Watts is black. And oh, by the way, in the new 90 states of America, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now, today, forever in the universe, oh, under God, amen. Black women have a 43% higher risk of suffering a spontaneous abortion as compared to white women. That from a 2021 Lancet article, you know, peer-reviewed medical journal, British. Yeah. And there's only going to be more and more and more of this. If these godforsaken theocratic maggots retain power. The people of the state of Ohio went to the polls in November and said, no, 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 a woman has got to have a right to abortion under the constitution of the state of Ohio. Seeing as how our most puissant dread sovereign Supreme Catholic Majesties say that that right does not exist under the United States Constitution, subjecting women in states like Texas and Alabama and Mississippi and Louisiana and Arkansas and Calabandiana, etc. to abject misery of forced birth. But even the right to an abortion would not have helped Brittany Watts. She wasn't seeking one. She simply had happened to her and her pregnancy. What happens in about 50% of all human pregnancies and happens more often to black women than white women. This case needs to be dismissed. The state of Ohio needs to extend to Brittany Watts a profound apology. And nothing good needs to happen to that prosecuting attorney or that municipal judge in Warren, Ohio for the rest of their godforsaken days. They really, really, really hate women. These maggots, these Republicans, these conservatives, these tormentors of female reproductive systems. You see, there's nobody there to charge the municipal judge of Warren, Ohio, every time he rubs one out and kills a universe. Them's all babies, right? 
Because men can do that. You know, Friday was the 40th, or the, uh, I'm sorry, 43rd anniversary of the assassination of John Lennon. Who once wrote, perhaps ill-advisedly, but the sentiment is true, a song called Woman is the of the World. And in general principle, he was not wrong. And Brittany Watts isn't uh, isn't the only case. There's a woman in Oklahoma who is presently in fucking prison for the same scenario. Because Republican cops and judges and prosecutors hunger to hurt women. Ignorant, violent, poorly educated, drunken, drugged up, whatever men hurt women with their fists. And with implements. Well-heeled Republican men do it with pens and paper and ink and computers and printers and they all stand back and brush off their hands and say, well, we're just enforcing the law as it's written. Horseshit. They're doing it because they know that a certain segment of the population will love them for it because they would love to hurt women that way, too. Pretty sure I'm not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. Oh, and by the way, uh, Ralph sent this along. Uh, shifting gears. Trump says a fantastic general. Oh, uh, boy, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you so much to uh, our buddy Dave in the Blind who uh, just jumped in and got us down below $900. We are at uh, 895 now. Thank you, Dave and the Blind. Here you go. Don't forget, Ken Paxton's going to be suing the Skycaps at the airport, as well as uh, this is all to get attention. His mom must not have paid much, that much to him as, as a little boy. We know she dropped him on his head. Also probably not wrong. And we now have an opportunity to get from 895 down to 845 because... Ralph's put a challenge on the table. Trump says a fantastic general praised his great grab him by the pussy tape response as it was the bravest thing I've ever seen. That's something that really happened. Nitwit Nero dredged up something really nobody's talking about at this point to blather at one of his clavern rallies and made up a general. to praise him 
Ralph said, I'll offer a $25 challenge for Mika and for Trump's praising a fantastic general that praised Trump's grabbing by the pussy comment. So uh, if somebody would like to match that 25, we'll get down to uh, 845 and we'll be into funding for this past Thursday. Thank you so much, Ralphs. Thank you so much. It's so badly needed. Thank you. And in the meantime, let's run over to the stress line. Someone has been patiently waiting on me to uh, stop uh, pontificating. I'm no pontiff. I couldn't be pontiff. I don't have the right stuff. And I don't mean Tom Wolfe. Hey, welcome to the program. Well, Robin. Dave. My mother survived. My mother survived four spontaneous abortions, and Christine survived one. And these assholes would put them both in prison. Right. I remember a few years ago because you know you are of course you 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 are of course in Taliban, Indiana. I remember years ago when women were mailing uh, their uh, used menstrual products to Mike Pencil Neck Geek. Uh, so that or he could he could check he them to make sure they hadn't violated the law. Sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, and I think that they ought to do this in Texas. I think that, uh, they should give uh, Paxton the Mike Pence treatment. Remember when Mike Pence became vice president? Then all of a sudden, there were donations to Planned Parenthood in his name. Yes. And they were all sent to his email. <laughs> Finally, he complained and they stopped sending it to him, even though people could still donate in his name. I think that people ought to donate in his name. It's a lovely idea. I, 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 what's he going to do? Everybody who does that for assisting in an abortion. All right, bring it on, bitch. Yeah, yeah, and, and by mean, the way, you this, uh, thanks for thanks for that delve into detail you sent along. Uh, yeah, don't forget the sky caps. Yeah, well, obviously, the, the air, aircraft pilot too. Uh, flight attendants, mechanics. Yes, yes, obviously. Um, how about the people who lo- how about who the people who load the snacks and the beverages on the plane? Got to sue them too, right? At, at that point, Robin, Ken Paxton would have nothing else to do in his life. Just on this one case. I mean, he doesn't do anything for the state of Texas anyway, so it's not like they're going to be losing tax money. When I was a boy, I wanted to write my name in Harris County, Texas. That's where Houston is. Hi. And things were far different back then. My buddy Jody's dad was a detective with the Harris County Sheriff's Office. And I used to wander around the apartment complex at night, and he caught up with me one night. And all he did was talk to me, made sure I got home, and then 
a couple of days later, I hear from my dad that Jody's dad is talking about. Well, that didn't surprise me. I kind of figured. But uh, after that, that was back in the early 70s when Carlton was a big thing. And Jody's dad used to take us to school in his patrol car. And the police were far different back then. Um, good cops are still that way. They're there to help people, not to just run them into court. And what a lot of people don't understand, Indiana has one of the highest black child mortality rates in the country. And they found out what the major causes were. Poverty, lack of health care, and education. If you're a, a, a young black woman of childbearing age who hasn't completed high school, your health outcomes are going to be far worse statistically than a white woman who did not complete high school. If you did complete high school, your, your outcomes are still your white counterpart. Right. And, and that's and that's not just that's not just Talibandiana. That's the whole damn country. Yeah, there is a racial component, and there are ways of dealing with it that don't require hauling off a young black woman to court because she had a spontaneous abortion. This judge or whoever is bringing this case really needs that. Somebody needs to do an ethics review on this individual because that is a medical situation. But in Texas, if you're black, you're automatically doing something, so they'll figure out what what it is after they've deliberated a while. Can anybody say, here's your hood? And your sheets? Fucking... Well, the sheets are extra. We know the, those assholes down in Texas don't like paying for anything extra. Oh, by the way, can you look up and see what the circulation... For the dribbling dick condom is. Oh, <laughs> uh, the dri- <laughs> the dribbling dick morning Kleenex. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Oh no, that that's the afternoon Kleenex. Oh, <laughs> it's the morning condom and it's the morning condom and the, and, and, and the evening Kleenex. 
You know, I've been referring to Dribbling Dick, Texas, and Syphilis Springs, and Gonorrhea Gulch so long I can't actually remember the place where Chip Roy's from. Now I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, God. But uh, I haven't lived in Texas. I can make jokes like that. Funny thing is, he's not a real Texan. He was born in in Bethesda, Maryland. Well, I was born in Muncie, Indiana, but I lived in Texas for quite a while, for a couple of years. Uh, let's see. In, in, Hell, in uh, Chip Roy didn't even uh, didn't even go to, to the University of Texas or A and M or or nothing. There nothing. Now he went he went to Mister Jefferson's University there in Charlottesville. He didn't go to he didn't go to A and M either. No. Why, Robin? They ought, they ought to run him out of the state on, on the rail. As we say, he ain't from around there. But I bet you he can put the corn cone on just as good as any of them. Uh, don't you be slurring uh, corn cone now. No, no, I'm not. But he, I bet you he can put that on. He's a... Uh, I didn't know if I was going to be able to talk today, Robin. I kind of injured my throat a little bit this morning. But, um, yeah, I just, it angers me. And, And the next thing, is watch after the abortion issues the next thing they're going to go for are women who have children with disabilities well you didn't take care of yourself well enough while you were pregnant and your child now has cerebral palsy and you see where I'm going oh yeah it's not going to stop here and I mean that was that was what was sort of impressive. That's the wrong word, but in last week's pageant, when Chris Christie uh, spoke up for the rights of parents to see to the medical needs of their trans kids, he said, "I am I and my wife and I are the are the best people to trust for the well-being of our children." And I trust parents to get it right. And what he said after that was, I would agree with that. And he said, and 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 what he said after that was profound. He said, "Sure, do this. Take the rights to to get appropriate medical care away from the parents of trans kids. They'll move on. The government will move on to something else, and you won't like it because it might actually affect you." He knows how the game is played, Rob. He's been playing it a long time. Truth. And I'm no fan of Chris Christie, but I got to agree with him on that. He has a point, and it's not covered by that. Uh, well, he, I mean, in, in, inherent in what he said was his acknowledgement that trans kids are actually real and are actually trans. 
and that they're actually kids. Uh, I just listened to an audible book called Page Boy by Elliot Page. And it was well written, and he goes into everything he went through as a child. Uh, when he started in acting, how his family reacted when he came out as a lesbian before he came out as trans. Right. And one of the things I love about what he said in the foreword of the book was, while you'll hear me refer to myself by my previous name, no one should take that as permission to do likewise. And I thought to because I kept listening to this book, and I remember after you came out and all the issues you were dealing with. And there were a few. Like, yeah, I remember Robin talking about this. I remember, you know, and I recommend the book. I really do. It's a fantastic book. He really opens up a lot. And, um, but they want to do everything. They want to make trans people the issue. They want to make spontaneous abortions the issue. They want to make Joe Biden getting a no interest repayment of one. Uh, what's his sucker said? Well, he benefited. Okay. Let's say he loaned Hunter $9,000 in this hypothetical. He gets three payments for 3000 back. Where does he benefit? He's just getting back money that he'd already loaned the guy. Not there's no material benefit. Oh, look, I mean, you know, the, 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 as early as Wednesday, the House is going to vote on an impeachment probe because Mullah Mike Johnson, Mullah Moses Johnson, has to appease the 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 uh, uh, his his caucus, the the ones in his caucus who pick their teeth with their toenail clippings. You know, it's well, surprising. Now, there are, there are a number of people who go ew every time I say that. But I mean, that's that's who he is. So they're going to have a vote right, as early well, as early as Wednesday on that. But but the, but the problem here is that when even Fox News TV Radio Rwanda is pointing out that there's no there there, you know, you're not really in a great place as a right winger. Well. There's still right wingers ago, but Bill Clinton. I mean, these guys are always looking to the past, and they have no sense of reality even then. But it reminds me, Robin. I, Gladys wanted me to remind everybody that we have a new nativity scene, Trump nativity scene. Oh, how lovely! With a lifetime. With a with a life size baby Trump, uh, 
complete with a large enough orifice on the back side of the uh, baby trunk for your favorite Republican to stick their head in and, uh, you know, munch out the, their favorite uh, chocolatey holiday desserts. And it's only going for $5,000 a piece. We'll send you the whole set. There'll be scapegoats. There'll, there'll be, there'll be scapegoats, the three wise guys, uh, a bunch of sheeple. Uh, now we, we do deal with a, we, we do, do, do deal with a lot of angels with leathery wings and smoke and sulfur and, all that, but uh, then, then, then we all, we also have uh, we have televangelists in, in the crowd. So everybody's represented, and, 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 and believe me, we we've, we've got over two hundred and fifty members of Congress because well, we just figured we'd send enough jackasses along to. To make your holidays bright. So spend your $5,000, send it over here to Crazy Days, and we're going to have a nice holiday. I would say so. And uh, we get a commission on that here at the Horn, right? Uh, Was that previously negotiated? Uh, let me check with the legal department. I mean, I don't want to get. I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't want to get sideways with Gladys or anything. But I mean, yeah. no, 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 no. But I, I didn't get a memo from the legal department, so I'm not sure. Oh hell, but I don't. I, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to mess around with the legal department of Crazy Dave's. No, 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 well, no, no. You know, they're they're they're, no. they're 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 more powerful than uh, Lawyer Daggett. And I'm not afraid to use them either. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, but but we, we need to make fun of these people. Um, we need to ridicule them because the congressional Republicans aren't doing anything and they don't want to do anything. They'd be more than happy to not do anything and then demand that you return them to Congress. That's why I'm so proud of my representative because he is one of the few, Andre Person is one of the few who will stand up and call bullshit on these guys day in and day out. Uh, his grandmother held the seat before he did. And she found out that Rosa Parks had not received the Congressional Gold Medal. And at the time, Ms. Parks was working for John Conrad's office helping people find housing and jobs. That was her job. Right. And she had never gotten the gold 
the gold medal, congressional gold medal, which is the highest degree and honor an American can receive. So she brought it to the floor of the house, and by God, Rosa Parks got her gold medal while she was alive. So I have a deep love for the Carson family. They really got into politics for the right reason. Uh, Before she was in Congress, she was a trustee of Center Township, which means if you had to if you needed assistance with getting help with your rent or your utilities or food, you went to the trustee and you asked them for help. And a lot of times they would help you. And they've helped me out a few times. I, I have, there are functions of government that only the government is confident to handle. Right. And that's what these Republicans don't understand. And you can have a fiscally responsible, yet morally compassionate way of doing things in government that helps people in the long run. These people just want to kill, maim, make sick, and make more money off it. There's something morally wrong with that. I personally think people like Ken Paxton or the attorney idiot of Indiana or any of the rest of these godforsaken Nazis need to be driven out of office and a state should be put put through their heart because God knows they're not alive. They're just a bunch of blood-sucking vampires. All right. I'm now off my soapbox. Oh, don't hurry. Oh, well, okay. Uh, let's see. What are, well, have, 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 is, is BB Netanyahu dead yet? Uh, no, but un- but uh, a, a, a shit ton more Palestinians are. Well, then that that just goes to show my belief it stands correct. But there must I, but, not but be see, a divine being. Uh, right? No, no lightning bolt, no greasy spot. <laughs> but I was astonished this morning. I, Mika was in rare form on my filthy morning habit. I was almost in tears when I heard that quote because, and she's been getting a lot more vocal about this. Well, the thing is, uh, she also she also took to talking about Israel, and she went into considerable detail about the public the the, uh, stories being published by the New York Times now that make it more and more and more obvious that. It really is appearing to be a lie-hop situation. Let it happen on purpose. They knew. They knew 
it was coming. And, of course, it worked to Bibi's, or what he perceived to be, his political benefit. Yeah, this is a... If there's any... Please. If If there's any justice, what will happen is there will be a political crisis in Israel that will call his government into question. I, at, at, least, no uh, at least under the circumstances they, as they presently prevail, Dave, I don't see that because there is a unity war government right now. Yes, but it would only take the opposition leader that's in that government to remove himself and ask the Knesset for a vote of no confidence. That Unity government is voluntary. And he can pull out of it if he believes the war is being conducted improperly. And then he can call for a vote of no confidence. And by the way, there, 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 there is apparently, I, there was apparently a, uh, a recording, and I have not heard it, but I've read about it. There is a recording of Hostage families absolutely blistering BB till a fly wouldn't light on him. And if that gets if if that if that gets any uh, any any kind of legs, then what you're talking about might very well happen. My my heart goes out to those people. They're as much victims of Bibi Netanyahu as they are Hamas. They, they, they absolutely are. And by the way, uh, one and of the things that I learned today is that uh, Israel has... Israel, I'm sorry, that's the proper Mika pronunciation. Israel. That, that, that's the Mekian uh, pronunciation? Yes, that is that is in proper Mekian. Brezhinskonian? Don't start, Dave. Uh, but but here's well, the here, here here's the bottom here's the bottom line. Uh, Israel now says that a number of the hostages are dead, and they are blaming. Well, now I would... well, wait. Let me finish in this one, please. Okay. They are now saying. Israel is that the hostages are dead, and of course it's Hamas's fault. And for taking them, it absolutely is. But this is also the same Israel that's been talking about flooding the tunnels, which has caused the families of the hostages to say, are you fucking crazy? And the answer is, there's a reason on this program we call him Psycho Bibi, Keska say. Uh, He is nuts. He is a homicidal maniac. He is a homicidal maniac just the same as the head of Hamas is a homicidal maniac. And there and for all you we what, and for and for all we know, Dave, the hostages who have died have died in Israeli bombing strikes or missile strikes. How does you, how, you, how does you know what, how does how does one not take I, that into consideration? I think what they ought to do is Invite BB to uh, Qatar 
locked him and the head of Hamas in a hotel room together with no food, no water, no electricity, and no medical care until they get their shit straight, straightened out between each other, or they kill each other, whichever happens first. And, I mean, they had to do it with Catholic uh, cardinals during the Middle Ages when picking a pope. Brick them up in a chapel and not feed them, you know. Or feed them, but don't clean their, uh, don't clean their chamber pots and see how long it takes them to make a decision about who's going to be the next pope. You know, they, I think we you know, they, the they same still... thing would be the Hamas. Well, I mean, I can... We just walk them. Go ahead. Why not? Right, and and the fact of the matter is, um, oddly enough, that practice is still in force in churches today. Uh, usually, they're, yeah, but it, they're but, they're but, usually evil. Now. Uh, they're they're evangelical churches, and what you do is you before the service you feed them lots of sweet tea and coffee. You let them drink all they want, then you bring them in, and the deacons lock the door, and the doors ain't getting unlocked. But it's really not that wise a it's, it's not that wise a choice because because you get stains on the red carpet there. You get stains, and uh, well, it 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 adds a new and different definition to the to the word pew. <laughs> oh, you're going to like this. What you said a little bit ago uh, created a little bit of inspiration. I just had a note from uh, Gino. Uh, just ran into Ken Paxton, and he asked me to make this donation in his name. Cool. I didn't know he was such a fan, signed Gino from Utah. <laughs> and so uh, so it is that we are down to $570 in, in our, in our, our in our I'm fundraising goal, you were indeed. So thank you so much, Gino. Uh, we are done with uh, Wednesday's funding and Thursday's funding, and we're actually uh, thirty dollars into Friday. Thank you, thirty dollars into Friday, and then so. Thank you, Gino. Oh, Gino, you're awesome. Thank you so much. But yeah, we we should. We should. So, yeah, if you want to follow Gino Sweet and make a donation to Robin in the name of Ken Paxton, by God, do it. And then, Robin, you know what you should do? You yeah. should write an email to Mr. Paxton explaining to him how much you appreciate him help, helping your uh, liberal uh, politics commentary program and an all-around good time and you want to thank him for being such an inspiration to his audience to your audience and I think you should if anything will get the veins on the side of his neck going that would wouldn't you think I mean you've had a cup of coffee in law school I think it would be and I think it'd be, it'd be quite courteous you know, let it never be said that we don't have manners right here. Uh, we're, 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 yeah, and motivation. You know, that, 
Like like Jethro Bodine said, you know what, you know what, Uncle Jed, I was just over on the, I was just over on the Brando lot, and you know what they got over there? Motivation. We needed some of that motivation. We're just swimming in it. Robin, my conversations with you are always a blast. And well, we've been and we've been having some dandies for some years now. I got to ask, how are you feeling? Much well, other than this morning, I had a little bit of a setback this morning because my acid reflux really kicked into gear. Ooh, I hate and, that. And uh, I got it all—I got it all out, but it damaged my throat. Oh God, that acid burns. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And and it's still a little tight, but I'm drinking uh, some body armor. And that's helping coat it a little bit, and it's not irritating my throat or stomach. So I'm doing much better, but I'm able to hold food down more often, and I'm not having problems throwing up nearly as much. Now, if I could just get the uh, and morning step away from your uh, midday snack available. Uh, now if I can just get the diarrhea under control, we'll have it made. Yeah, and you can't but, you, you can't just sit there and do Imodium shooters two or three times a day. Oh no, no, I, I try to use uh, things like crackers and maybe a little toast and then. Uh, I'm eating a lot more cheese to try to help with that. A little banana, a banana here and there. A banana. Well, see, a lot of people don't understand. Diarrhea also occurs because your electrolytes are out of whack. And so if you can kind of nudge your electrolytes back into some semblance of normalcy, that that can help, but yeah, I, uh, I I'm doing much better. Thank you. I know a lot of people have been thinking about me and and sending good vibes my way. Oh, uh, and see, I mean, and, I know, it, it's it's cold there in Talabandiana. It's cold here, and that's why I made that big pot of soup. And I like to think that you. You'd enjoy it, but by the same token, it's got some fat to it because it's made with beef. And, but oh, uh, you don't know how much I want to make a five quart b- batch of my chili. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, well, that, 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 start humbly with red wine and. Well, this uh, this I think you'd be quite pleased with this oxtail soup. Have you ever? Oh, have, I love oxtail soup. And, I love oxtail. And it's it's amazing uh, the, the number of people. Oh yeah, I'm making oxtail soup, and they're like, "What?" And, oh, and, I got introduced when when I started living with Christine. I got introduced real quick to oxtail soup. It's, and oh my God, Robin ate some of the best stuff I've ever ever put in my mouth. Oh, and and you then you know it's the 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 the, the soup part is because of the oxtails and the collagen and everything. It's absolutely, yes. it's absolutely velvety. 
And on a cold winter day, there is nothing better, nothing in the world better than a hot pot of of oxtail soup. You know what I served it with? Because we just slow cook that. Chuck, you can slow cook that until kingdoms come. Oh, it's it's simmered for four hours, just breaking down the oxtails. Oh, girl, you're making me hungry. And you know what I served it with? Damn you! I split and toasted some croissants and buttered them. Did you did you add any garlic to the butter? Oh no, or no, no. just strictly butter. Just butter. We get this wonderful butter from Greenbrier Creamery, and it is literally the best butter. I've had French butter, Irish butter. Yeah, you butter. told me it's so like cherry gold. This stuff is so much. It, this you, stuff you is so much. Like no, it's so much better than Kerrygold. Ooh, that's yeah. high fucking price. It's 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 sweet. It's it's a sweet butter, but it's also a churn style butter, which means it's got a little bit of tart and tang to it from the yeah. buttermilk. Yeah. I mean, this is old school stuff. Wow, and Robert, yeah, it's you heavenly. Always, you always had the best ideas for for making like soups and roasts. Uh, and I've sent I've sent off a letter to the fine folks at Char Griller, um, uh, thanking thanking them for their previous response and telling them that it's really not an option for me to pack up. Um, that smoker and send it all back to Amazon. You got a problem with your smoking? Well, yeah, um, and I got a I got a note back from a lady named Heidi. Hi, Heidi, who said that the screws are on back order, but that uh, that as soon as at uh, as soon as they arrive, that they will come to me. So. I don't care how well, cold it. I don't care how. And you know what? That that that's uh, that's good customer service. Oh, they're great. They really, really are. And a lot of companies. I mean, more of them are doing it now than they were, let's say, two or three years ago. But a lot of companies are rediscovering what customer service like. Well, it's going to cost us five dollars to send her those screws. Yes. But when it comes time for her to replace that smoker, she's going to come to us to find her next one. This is my this is my third acorn. That's my only knock on the product is they're they're the materials they use are have they rust they rust in a couple of specific places, but. I, I've got. Oh, it is. It is, and and it does. You know, I clean it after every use and everything, and I even oil the metal, and it, it doesn't matter. Uh, but the thing is, still having gone through three of these things over the course of six years, I've gone through two. I'm on. I'm on my third. I still haven't spent the money I would have spent on a Kamado Joe or a Big Green Egg. And you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, ver- I'm a purist. I like to sit out there and tend my fire. I want, uh, and, and oh, I'm going to get on the wrong side of a certain brother deacon saying this. I don't want no pellets. I don't want, I don't want some computer maintaining the fire. 
That's my you job. You want to go out and check on it, eyeball it, and feel it, and smell it, and yeah, and screw around, it. yeah, mess around with the damper and the chimney and make sure everything. Yes, yeah. that's the whole point. Now, Robin, that's the cooking equivalent. That's the cooking equivalent of what Scott and I both having been pipe smokers. Yes. You got to mess it's with it. You got to play. It's not about the amount of tobacco you're, you're smoking. It's choosing the tobacco, the flavoring of the tobacco, uh, the maintenance of the pipe, the, the the way you pack it, the way uh, it even comes down to uh, what type of stem you've got. I have an overbite, so I don't generally use a straight stem. I usually use a bent stem. Also, the material the stem is made out of. I've smoked with vulcanized rubber uh, stems, and I don't recommend it because the sulfur leaches into the smoke. And uh, but you've got to clean it, you've got to tamp it, you've got to bathe it, you know. You gotta to attend to it. You can't just smoke it and fall asleep. Or, I mean, you got, you gotta have a place to put it. If you're done smoking and, and, and you've had enough, you need a place to put it where it can, it can burn itself out and not cause a problem. Uh, there's, there are accessories you need to get to properly maintain the pipe. I mean, there's a lot more involved in pipe smoking than just throwing the tobacco and lighting it up and drawing. And it's, it sounds from the way you and Todd have been talking about smoking and what I've learned on online, it's all about how you trim the roast and how you, how you trim your meat and how you, how, how, how you package things up. And it's not just meat you can smoke. You can smoke vegetables too. Um, you, 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 you can put a little, a little cherry wood smoke or a little apple wood smoke onto your zucchinis and stuff like that. Oh, you know, you mentioned cherry, oh. you mentioned cherry wood, Dave. I had a, I was talking with my son earlier today and he's been taking down some trees on the property there in Tennistan. And he said, I was oh, worried about him. Uh, oh, the, all these tornadoes. Uh, they, were, they, they were terrified. It wasn't as bad as the one a few months ago. But, it, you know, and not just Tennessee, but like uh, states further south just got the shit ripped out of them. Yeah. Um, but he's been, he, he's gotten some, he's gotten, he's got a shit ton of cherry for me. And he's got a bunch of hickory. He's got some oak, oh. and he's even got some oh. chestnut. And I confess, I have never smoked with chestnut, but I said, son, please don't mess with the chestnut. And he said, why? And I said, because chestnut is like iron. It will destroy any saw blade you put to it. And he said, oh, don't worry. I'm not using a saw. I'm using, because he's named the tool. I'm using Darth Maul. He's got a maul. And so he's splitting Ooh, sweet. it. He's splitting it that way. So he's splitting it the old way. Uh huh. 
Yeah, he 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 better he better be careful. He's gonna wind up all chiseled and stuff. I don't think his wife's gonna worry about that now. Oh, oh, we've got a fight going on now. Lou NPA says Penn State butter is better than Greenbrier butter. I will, I will, you know what? I'll, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take cards in I'll, that I'll, game. Now, 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 y'all, we're, we're gonna do this right. We're gonna have, we're gonna have freshly baked products, and, and, and we're gonna, we're gonna settle this like proper foodies. We're gonna butter it all up and we're gonna blindfold taste test it. We're not gonna be having none of this, this fighting over it. We're gonna settle this in the proper fashion. There. Yes, uh, uh let's see, uh, what, bag, baguettes at, baguettes at ten paces? Yes, and if you can't get, if you can't make a decision then, you go five pages in with croissant. And then after that, it's uh, whole fresh baked loaves at close quarters. Until somebody says no. You know. But but that that's what I, I mean. If we're going to do this proper, and we should, we should have a baker on, on standby, and, uh, well, you, you each need two seconds, uh, to, uh, to be with you in case for some reason you cannot continue. And, or, or one of you can't say, well, you know, you were right and I was wrong. Uh, if you can't settle up crapper, then, uh, then we'll have to, we'll have to do this by the code. And the code of the bread. The code of the bread. Yes, well, people think the code duello was um, not a thing. There were a lot of books written about it. Oh, no, the code duello is very. Is, is, absolutely. And, and most people think it started out with uh, over swords, but it didn't. It started out over baguettes and butter. See that it, it, it's a historical lesson, Robin. You know who I think we are. It is a lesson. Uh, Wait a minute. It is a lesson from uh, from 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 hysteria. Well, Robin, you know who I think we ought to have asked to uh, to judge this com- competition would be uh, John Townsend. He's an expert on that kind of baking. He can make sure their regulation. Um, he's got what's called a, a a German kitchen. It's got all the pots and pans and holders and uh, chains that you uh, raise and lower the pots on. Uh, over the over the fire to, to use an uh, 18th century and early 19th century kitchen. Uh, they've got one at Connor Prairie, uh, and 
I wish I had a kitchen like that. They built their own. They built their own clay oven. Oh my! And they uh, they made baked beans. And the one thing John said was, "Be careful, because the uh, molasses in the baked beans can seal the crock shut, and you won't be able to open it." So he said to check it. Yeah, it'll weld it shut. You know, it, it will. It will. Uh, if if you don't watch it, it will. It'll basically make a clay crock with beans in it that you can't open. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, I could I could think of a few few people I'd like to send one of those crocks to, but. Uh, You know, send one to my my brother Bob and tell him, okay, Bob, if you can open this up, you can have it. Oh, uh, if nothing will piss him off. Why the hell did you send me that? Because it pissed you off. You know, that's the kind of relationship I have with my brother and sister. Why did you do that? Because it would piss you off. Oh, okay. We're all at a, we're all over the age of fifty now. We can give a shit. <laughs> oh, Robin, I can't believe in April I'm going to be fifty nine years old, and in February, on the anniversary of the founding of the Horn, February fourth. Yes. My beloved Christine, well loved by this community, will be turning 65. Oh, wait, the Horns founding is Christine's birthday? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Uh, she was born in 59. She and her twin brother were born in 59. Oh, and by the way, they would have arrested my mother-in-law for having a cesarean section to deliver her two children because that ended a pregnancy early. So, Ken Paxson can go fuck himself. Uh. Uh, I'm sure I'll go through the uh, podcast of this and count how many times I said, fuck you, or fuck this, or fuck that. And I swear I've sworn more tonight on on air than I, I think I ever have. But this has got to stop, Robin. And... Christine was talking like, well, I don't know if my vote count. I said, Christine. And then she she listens to the news and she listens to what these right-wing assholes are doing and she gets pissed. And I think part of her problem is this will be the first election that she'll vote in where she 
is blind. And she's terribly afraid of depending on someone else to assist her in casting her ballot. And I told her, I said, the one time I needed assistance, physical assistance, uh, there was a, a Republican poll worker and a Democratic poll worker, and the two of them walked me through the ballot and marked it the way I wanted it, and then they reviewed it with me. And when I approved it, they put it in the envelope and I signed it and I cast my ballot. Now that's the way things should be done. You know, instead of trying to keep people from voting, we should expand the vote to universal citizen suffrage. If you're a citizen in this country, by God, you have a, a civic responsibility to vote. If you're required to obey the laws, then you have the, you need to cast your ballot so that you help make the decision about who makes those laws. I think it would get rid of a shitload of gerrymandering. I think it would get rid of a lot of problems if we had universal citizen suffrage. But you're still going to hear these right-wing dumbasses go, yeah, but the Mexicans will be voting. Well, only if they've become American citizens since the last election. But there is more than enough racism in this little discussion to keep the Klan busy for the next 200 years. Personally, I think they all should get the D.C. Stevenson treatment. They should send them to prison. I'm not arguing with you. By the way, uh, you'll, uh, cowbell, going out to, cowbell going out to Randy Radar. Don't mess with Texas, because Texas is perfectly capable of messing with itself. Ain't that the truth? Amen. Oh, and, and by, by the way, uh, by the way, Jude uh, uh, suggested a little bit ago, uh, if it's not a problem, having a cold glass of milk has saved me when the reflux happens. And uh, Jude says, I didn't uh, have any milk available. Uh, Normally, I would have. Unpaid product placement, but you know that that Fairlife is the whole milk tastes like half and half. The carbs in it. Are there? There's uh, there's six grams of carbs in one cup. It is lactose free, and it's absolutely delicious. You pay a little bit more for it, but it's worth it in my in my book. My niece is lactose intolerant. My my sister's daughter is lactose intolerant. I think that's what she is. Well, I tell you what, it's some kind of fantastic. And if you don't hate it, if you, if, if you don't, yeah, if you don't hate it, um, there is not enough to be said uh, about um, uh, buttermilk. It, I'm not a big. It will. It will. It'll settle. It'll settle an upset tummy in a minute. 
Oh, I probably should keep some on hand then. I just didn't have any. But, ooh. But yeah, I, uh, my, my friend Wolf, he, uh, he has a membership that, uh, at, um, Oh, it's, it's, um, trying to think of the name of it. It's not, it's not Sam's Club, it's, um, anyway, it's one of those big box club stores, you know, where you pay, he pays $200 a year. And gets cash back on his purchases and money off on his uh, gas gasoline and he uh, Costco. He go, he went and got me a case of his body armor at Costco, and it's basically a little bit of fruit juice, water, and coconut water, and. It's like 148 calories per bottle. That's the uh, the regular, which I'm drinking, which is still better than a regular soda. But uh, it's not bad. I've got fruit punch and orange mango, and while it's a bit expensive, it's been helping me uh, stay hydrated. And I'm not drinking spring water constantly. I'm drinking something other than that. It's not uh, a soda or a diet soda or uh, coffee. God, I haven't had coffee in two months, Robin. Oh, that's that's brutal. You know, that's brutal, and I understand. I'm decaffeinated, and that's brutal. Uh, but uh, I uh, I went to the store toward the beginning of the month, and. Uh, I didn't bother on my anything that didn't wasn't tasty. So I I bought like mozzarella. I bought Italian uh, Italian salami. I bought uh, pepperoni. I bought crackers. I bought Swiss cheese. I bought. Uh, hot flaming cheetos. I even got a spicy queso funyuns. Which, if you like funyuns, you're gonna love this stuff. And I know you like spicy stuff. It'd be mild to you, but it'd be a pleasant kind of mild. You know what I'm saying? I, I have a, I have a, I have a secret to reveal. My taste, bu- my taste buds have changed in the last three years. 
I used to be one of those uh, those people who abusively consumed fiery things. For some reason or another, I don't, and it, it's not like it upsets my tummy or anything, but I don't have the tolerance uh, for for chili pepper heat I once did. I still love it, but it hits a lot well, harder, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know why. Yeah. Well, try if you find them down at Kroger or one of those finer uh, shopping emporiums there in Beckley. Funyuns uh, does make a spicy queso funyun, and I can feel you know, my blood. I can, you, I can feel my blood sugar going up right now. That would be yes, so good. This is a treat. This is a treat, dear. All you got to do is put a little bit in a bowl, and if Annette wants some, she'll, you know, there'll be plenty for her, too. And, and, and you can sit there. I, I, I started watching more. Uh, I was touring around trying to figure out what to watch, and I'm re-watching some of the first season of Ted Lasso. Oh, you know what I fired up the other day just because it makes every time I watch it it makes me feel better. The Christmas uh, this time of year the Christmas episode in season two. I like shows that have got good Christmas episodes. I well, do. Well, the funny um, thing the funny thing is the Christmas episode in season two aired like in August. Oh, but it's still and so I watched it the other night just because yeah you know, it's a rough time of year. No, there is, I know this is going to sound weird. You know how people have certain movies they watch at Christmas? If you can find it, the film is called 84 Charing Cross Road. Oh, I love that film. And that, huh? I love have that you film. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, Christine and I love that film, and it has become kind of a, Go to holiday thing when we can find it because Christine's a writer and Helene Hemp was a damn fine writer. And the story is about her, but it's funny to see. And technically, it's a Mel Brooks production because Mel Brooks was the executive producer on that film. That's no idea. Obviously, because it's yeah, because and because his wife was, yeah, sure, and and Bancroft can play anything she wanted. I mean, the woman was phenomenal. Uh, but that the the way she played Helene Hamp was absolutely beautiful, and it's a beautiful story, and. So if you can find it, people, go out and find it. Eighty four Charing Cross Road. It is it is absolutely yeah. a beautiful film. Yeah. Oh, by and the way, and, and and by the way, in case you're wondering, I've also managed to get sideways with a uh, uh, with a brother deacon. Uh, uh, going going back to the smokers and the pellets and all that, he said, "Oh, just say it, Missy. You're a goddamn masochist." Well, if that's how, I'm a pit mistress. Pit mistresses do not, 
and that doesn't. You do not take shortcuts, and you do not you do not rely on on Bluetooth technology to maintain your fire. No, the 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 true the 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 the, the true uh, mavens of of the pet uh, do it in an old school way. They'll know if it's gone too long. They'll know if it needed to rest longer. But that's from trial and error over years of experience. You know, those guys who go out and do the competitive smoking and, the, and, and all that, those guys have done it for so long and have got their processes down to a point where they do it their way and they've learned over the years what to do and what not to do. Um, but you can do the same thing for a family barbecue or a holiday meal. Now, have you smoked a whole turkey? Yeah, more? yeah, I, I have on a number of occasions. I've found the biggest problem with smoking a turkey is you have to use a jumper cable for a roach clip. <laughs> I was going to say, keeping it wet might be a problem. No, my, no, um, my uh, I, there's pictures out there somewhere uh, deep in my Facebook of um, either a Christmas or a Thanksgiving turkey from a year, a few years back. It's from the before time. Um, but it has the most beautiful mahogany skin from the smoke. Uh, well, let's Christine see. and I had... I'm thinking it was Christine the... And I got a, Christine and I got a recipe for slow-roasted turkey bread from a program that is no longer on the air called the Culinary Closet. And they, uh, they recommend putting it in the oven using butter and herbs and, and whatnot, putting it under the skin and on top of the skin, putting it in the oven for five, at 500 for the first 15 minutes. And then slow turning it down to like two twenty five or two fifty. I'd have to ask Christine. But you you also put your 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 vegetables under it in the broth, and you baste it every half hour. And Robin, this stuff comes in so juicy that you have to add stock to the pan just to get the, the drippings and then what you do is you uh, you take your vegetables out, you make your gravy, and you've got this beautiful brown uh, skin and the, the breast is, is uh, moist and it's juicy and if you've only got three or four people, that's more than enough for everybody. And if you want leftovers, make a second breast. Well, you know, you for know. Thanksgiving, I did one in the crock pot, and that recipe turned out really good. But uh, 
I'm so I'm so grateful to Cat in Ohio because uh, she let me know on Friday that she sent along a turkey and a ham and said no puny no puny turkey breast for Christmas, Robin. So um, well, good for her. I, I called. Uh, you I know called, what? I agree with him. I called the I called the uh, UPS store today and said there's a turkey and a ham on the way and if you would please jot down my number and give me a call the instant it arrives I would sincerely appreciate it and of course we've been with them for almost 20 years so they oh sure Robin no problem well Dave yeah. it has been a lovely conversation I got a couple of stories I feel like really need to be hit um, before we get to the end of the program this evening. But I'm so right, I'm Robin. so glad I am so glad you're feeling better, and and if you can get yourself a little buttermilk, get some bananas, you know, you're you're getting through this. It's 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 ugly and unpleasant, but you will get through this. Randy Radar said sometimes acid reflux results from aging people not having enough stomach acid to digest fats and proteins, so drinking undiluted lemon juice, oh my Jesus, aids in the digestion. But, adds Randy, I'm not a doctor. And it's, 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 no. yeah, but, but I think there's probably something to that because, uh, even in the before time, you know, I'm on a proton pump inhibitor because I had horrible reflux. And, and, and I went on, uh, oh, what am I on? Uh, protonics, pantoprazole. The other one's just, no. Um, but this stuff works for me. I've taken it for years, and sometimes it so it works so well that I actually crave acid. I was I was drinking pickle juice long before my transition. Oh, so you're you're the kind of girl who would enjoy a pickle back every now and then. Oh, don't even start. You know. Uh, uh, Secret Sandwich Society has reopened, and they make their own pickles. And their pickle juice is treasured by every bar in the area because a pickleback without Secret Sandwich pickle juice ain't a pickleback fit, uh, fit to have. But I don't. Well, you know, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't well, do that don't so much anymore. It. Yeah, yeah. Since you don't invite that that way anymore, uh, it's probably not as big a problem for you as it would be for some of the taverns. But, uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying. There used to be a place in Anchorage called the Birdhouse, and they made these hot, I mean, god-awful pickles. They would pay you if you could eat one. And I swear to God, they they had this strong odor just oh my god anyway uh, I brought some home I was living with my aunt and she had a neighbor that would go through her fridge all the time and I put a, a jar of those pickles in the fridge she opened that up got a pickle took a bite and I heard oh my god and and my aunt comes in and goes, what's wrong? She goes, these pickles are terrible. And they were pickles from the birdhouse. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it's, interesting. Bird it's interesting you would mention that because my friend who runs the uh, Thai food truck, 
and always kids me about how I'm the only one she can cook Thai hot for. Uh, back when we still had Ben Franklin, they had all these Amish goods, and they had uh-huh. they had some like little gherkins that were hot. It just said hot, and I brought her a jar, and and uh, she uh, I came popped back by the restaurant. It was when she still had the restaurant. I said, "How'd you like this?" She said, "Robin, those are even too hot for a Thai woman." They're hot. It, yeah, well, yes. And the thing is, there were no habaneros. It was all chili peppers. That's why I, I, I don't care for chinensis peppers. They've got a chemical-y quality to them that I don't, I just, no, I don't. But, Dave, have a wonderful evening. They're kind of like these birdhouse pickles had. They had kind of a chemical quality to them. Yeah, I didn't it, like them. Yeah, it, the, it, you, can always, you can spot something that's got habanero or generally chinensis uh, uh, peppers, because it it does it it tastes like a chemical, and I don't know how else to describe it. Well, it, it but it just I mean it's hot, but it doesn't have that wonderful, you know, a chili pepper has a fruitiness to it. Yeah. yeah well, those, Robin, I'll let you go so you can get to those stories. Okie doke. Well, listen, you take care of yourself. The slow and steady wins the race with your tummy. And give our very best to Christine, please. I will, and I'll I'll talk to you sometime next week. All right. You take care, Dave. All right. right. Goodbye. Bye now. Happy holidays. Our buddy Dave in the blind. I love love my conversations with him. So, uh, yeah, there are a couple of things I want to get to, um, and I don't even know if I can do it in 15 minutes. Uh, thank you again to uh, Dave and Ralphs and Chino for getting us down to five hundred and seventy. Yeah, five hundred and seventy dollars. Uh, that covers Thursday and thirty dollars of Friday. So who knows? Maybe a little bit more can happen uh, between uh, now and the end of the program. I, I wanted it. I was so disgusted over the weekend. I said that I don't. Uh, Um, I, I do catch things along the way. It's hard to miss. Over the weekend, the news broke uh, after that gross and horrifying hearing in the House last week where Elsie Stupidnik uh, made a made an ass of herself, but the, the the biggest asses were made by the people who should have known better and jumped in behind her, all the barking and grunting about genocide. And there were three university presidents from Penn, Harvard, and uh, MIT, and they did not give sufficiently Israel Uber Allah's answers to satisfy Elsie Stupidnik. And so, and and they were all women. All three of these presidents were women. That was not lost on me. 
And so uh, President McGill of Penn resigned on Saturday morning because of the hue and cry raised by a horrid maggot who then posted on social media one down two to go and they're going to try to they're going to try to run the other two university presidents out of out of out of a job too one of whom the president of Harvard is of course a black woman and Elsie Stupidnik particularly wants that pelt so i was um, messaging back and forth with our our dear friend joy uh, in Ann Arbor, who said, uh, Stefanik, Elsie Stefanik, is enraged by anti Semitism. Uh, where was she when the slob father had dinner with Nick Fuentes? Good point. She's no champion for Jews, and certainly no champion for educational excellence. Quick note to scholars, it's important to know when to give an answer in legalese and when to give a political answer. I'm big on nuance, Joy said, and I believe that students at university should be permitted to discuss uncomfortable ideas with each other, but the question of whether or not it's okay to advocate for genocide is an easy no. And continued, I listened very closely to their answers. They were not wrong and they were not anti-Semitic, but more clarification was needed. But you cannot do nuance... With a maggot. Uh, clarification was needed, as in, it needed to be dumbed down. Consider your audience of to stupids. Stefanik and her fellow goblins want to freeze free speech on college campuses nationwide, just as they've so successfully done in Florida, K-12, and higher education. Advocating for genocide and discussing the subject of genocide are two entirely different things. But the goblins don't do nuance. Their world is black or white, full stop. And it's a shame that these three women are being driven from their careers while Stefanik crows and rubs her claws together. Goblins adore blood. I think it's very important in a diverse society to be able to stomach vile ideas that other people have. I do it every day. My old Zionist pal always said that the world would be so much better if every Arab on the planet would drop dead. And she meant it. I'd like to think that in college we learn how to listen to vile ideas and say, that's a terrible idea, and here's why. I mean, that's what critical thinking is, isn't it? There are people in our country right now, many of them, who think that genocide of people they hate is a fine idea. They have jobs and pay their taxes and vote and sing in the choir and fix your plumbing and design buildings and run banks. I've worked with men who've said horrible things about women in my presence. I think it's important to learn that horrible people exist. Horrible ideas exist. Education should not come with filters. We need to see the ugly. Who's the snowflake, Elise? And it's absolutely true because she only despises talking about genocide of certain people. Uh, some people are less deserving of genocide than others. There are state legislatures all over this country that are enacting or trying to enact laws that would constitute a genocide against the most, most marginalized community in this entire country. And I'm pretty damned well offended by it, and I'd say it to their faces. 
Because it hurts to have your right to exist debated in the public square or in the well of a Congress or a state legislature. It's agonizing. I would know. So there's that. Now, it is encouraging to see that Harvard, uh, the faculty at Harvard has rallied around President Gay. And President Gay has said she's not going anywhere. And I hope, I hope uh, uh, Elsie Stupidnik has run up against somebody that will push back against her ignorant ass. Calling for a genocide is hateful and vulgar. Any genocide. Perpetrating a genocide is even worse. And that is happening. That is happening even as we speak in Gaza. Oh, oh, it's not a genocide, some might say. Okay, how about crimes against humanity? But of course, the United Nations won't be able to do anything about it because the United States, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat or anybody else, will always, in the Security Council, veto any resolution condemning anything that Israel does. And it does not matter how bloody or how awful. So there's that. Then, and you know, we had so many morans today. Uh, uh, Comer Pyle, for instance, telling Newsmuck uh, that after he was eviscerated by uh, Jake Tapper, well, Jake Tapper's a smart feller, but he's got a low IQ audience over there to the CNN. <laughs> and he said that on Newsmuck. Woo! But the one that well, there was some action in the Supreme Court today. Clarence pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas. Has uh, vociferously dissented from the majority on the court that decided not to accept a challenge by a bunch of transphobic assholes who wanted to attack a statute in the state of Washington that bans what is known as conversion therapy. Any member of the LGBTQ plus community in this country knows damned well what conversion therapy is. It is quite often defined as torture. Major medical organizations say that it, 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 it is dangerous, it is torture, it involves, among other things, child abuse, electroshock therapy. In 2018, a study showed that over 60% of children who were subjected to the torture called conversion therapy attempted suicide. And so the state of, uh, the state of Washington moved to ban that in the state of Washington but the Christians who like to torture children when they're gay or they're trans, 
or buy. Wow. That's unacceptable and unconstitutional. And so Clarence Pubes on the Coke can Fappy Thomas uh, said that the case should have been accepted because it's a free speech case. No, really. The single most crooked and corrupt member of the Supreme Court of the United States in the history of this entire country said that electroshock therapy, involuntary medication, physical and psychological violence are a free speech issue. Because, of course, it's tied to the religion industry. And Lili and Har Har may have wanted it. He completely threw out the window the concept of uh, uh, parents' patriae, in which the state has a duty to protect children, you know, sometimes even from their parents, when their parents hurt their children. That didn't matter. And the thing is, he wasn't alone. And Washington statute is not that is, is, is not that broad. In Washington, a licensed therapist can discuss conversion therapy with minors. A licensed therapist can even recommend that it be performed by a preacher or a religious counselor, but the licensed therapist can't perform it themselves. But still, the statute is something. And so Fappy, grunting away, said, Expressing any other message is forbidden, even if the counselor's clients ask for help to accept their biological sex. That is viewpoint-based and content-based discrimination in its purest form. And then he invited all oh, the alliance defaming freedom, the alliance demeaning freedom, to bring him another case. Because there are 22 states that ban conversion therapy, as well as the District of Columbia. Although the court declines to take this particular case, I have no doubt that the issue it presents will come before the court again. Imagine saying that people should be able to try to shock the gay out of a child or to shock away the trans. And here's the thing. It doesn't work. All they do is repress and want to die. But that's okay with Fappy. Fappy would like them to die. Because Fappy is a Christian. Thing is, though, he was joined. He didn't, uh, well, he, he was joined in his vote to allow the torture of children by, of course, his buddy, Sammy Bad Breath Alito, and beer boofing brat Kavanaugh. 
because, of course, Roberts and Gorsuch and the handmaid all said no. There's that. And this. I know we get tired of of the stories coming about the mad maunderings coming from the gob of uh, Representative Sporkfoot. And so she said, with Zelensky in town and Ukraine money running dry, why doesn't anyone in Washington talk about a peace treaty with Russia? Washington wants war, not peace. Isn't that awful? I'm still a no. She doesn't even have the posh accent of a Neville Chamberlain, really, does she? And Zelensky is here in the United States, begging, hat in hand, for the money to keep Pooty's filthy fucking hordes from slaughtering Ukrainians for the manifest crime of being Ukrainian. But she's far from the only traitor. You know, the Constitution of the United States says that foreign policy and the negotiation of treaties are exclusively the province of the President of the United States and the Executive Branch. Well, Volodymyr Zelensky is not the only Eastern European in D.C. this week. Allies of Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban including representatives from a Hungarian government agency that was behind a conference for maggots in Budapest. And members of the Republican Party in the Congress are meeting in secret this week with those members of the Hungarian Institute of International Affairs and staff from the Hungarian embassy. Today began a two-day event hosted by the Heritage Foundation, of course. And the Heritage Foundation is behind uh, Project 2025, which includes, curiously enough, a call for the genocide of trans people. And a lot of other horrible things. Viktor Orban is, to say the least, Pudi's pal. Dick Durbin said it plainly. Far-right Republicans are conspiring with Hungary's extremist Russian-sympathetic PM Viktor Orban to help former KGB dictator Putin defeat democratic Ukraine. Ronald Reagan and John McCain must be looking on in utter disbelief. (sighs) 
how the hell is this not treason? Why should the meeting, not at the very least, be opened so that people can hear what they're saying? Former U.S. Representative Denver Denver Riggleman of Virginia said a list of every representative in that meeting with Orban should be made available to the press. Public servants shouldn't hide in the shadows, especially when discussing decisions with foreign leaders that could benefit Vladimir Putin. I'm so old I can remember when Republicans used to worry about a communist fifth column. Now we have a fascist one. Yeah. As to genocide, Stephen New York says, I can assure you what Israel is doing in Gaza is a genocide. The Rome Statute clearly defines it. For that matter, what Hamas did was, by definition, a genocide. And that's why when this whole thing started, I said a a pox on both their houses. Killing a hundred times more people than were killed in the first act of genocide. And calling it self-defense by slaughtering civilians is still no less genocide. Um, Cynthia, with a note, just out of the shower and missed your show. Needed to get my driver's license renewed and got that done and got home a half hour into your show, but then I desperately needed to get some yard work done as there may be rains coming at the end of the week, and this was my only chance this week to get any of it done. So I did that, just out of the shower. So while there are many things to comment on, you were talking, I believe, about smoking meats in your smoker. Over Thanksgiving, the park I volunteer at had a Thanksgiving Day potluck, and the volunteers and, uh, for the volunteers and one volunteer brought three salmon fillets that he'd smoked in his smoker. Oh, my God, they were heaven. Yeah, they turned into salmon candy. They were so good, I had to have seconds. And while I don't know that I would actually do it, it does make me think about buying a smoker and giving it a try. Of course, I'll be asking my fellow park volunteer about it when I can, but if you have thoughts or links or anything on it, I would sure appreciate it best, Cynthia. P.S. Smoke salmon. Yum. Oh, girl, talk to me. I will share with you the genius recipe that Brother Deacon Asa shared with me. Makes the best smoked salmon on earth. And as to smokers, I love that char griller acorn. Uh, It's just got some design flaws that mean you have to replace it every three years or so because parts of it are just going to rust. But there are a host of them out there. And, you know, if if you haven't done a lot of it, maybe you would like a a pellet smoker or something like that. You know, you can kind of get the temperature set, put the pellets in, set it, forget it. And, you know, when the timer goes off, take out your delicious smoked uh, yummies. Um, so uh, just let me know anytime give a girl a holler uh, Randy Radar says under stress I'll, 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 I must cop to past incel like attitudes and in no way do I want an intimate relationship with a woman but at the same time I want equal pay and opportunity for women and I hate the bullying of women by men that's called being an ally and if those attitudes are in the past let the dead past bury its dead and go forward and be an advocate for equal pay, for equal rights, and an end to the bullying. Thank you, Randy. 
So that's the program. And uh, Titanic Tuesday comes uh, in, in 21 hours from now, a little less. Um, by the way, Brother Deacon says, the drawback with pellet grills is that you don't quite get the depth of flavor. And that's, I, I tried uh, way back, uh, Bob Lottie, who is no longer with us, suggested I try uh, some hickory pellets. And I did. And yeah, you're right, Brother Deacon, the flavor just wasn't there. I like my, I like my, I like my wood unpelletized. You know what? Sometimes it seems like everything out of my mouth is damn double entendre. I'm in, I'm in the hands of the goddess of irony. Oh well. Thanks everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Thank you so much this evening. For the uh, uh, for the kind gift in the name of Ken Paxton, Gino. Uh, thank you, Ralphs, for the challenge, and thank you, Dave, for jumping in with uh, uh, a little something for the uh, don't don't forget the sky caps. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you. To our news ninjas, thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, like and subscribe if you take the podcast, please. Leave a comment here and there. It sure does help when you do. And thank you to those of you who do. That who do, that you do so well. <sighs> thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch who are doing a fantastic job making, uh, uh, trying to make Lexington Coal Company live up to the letter of the law. There's a massive high wall that they've got on one of their, one of their mine sites. It's just an absolute nightmare and a disaster waiting to happen. Coal River Mountain Watch, of course, has been at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice for over 20 years. And they're a proud union shop and worthy of your support, especially at this time of year as the year draws to a close. Please stay safe. Your girl has an, has an appointment for her booster on Thursday. So happy. Get your RSV vaccine. They happen to be out, I found out. Get your flu shot. Wear your mask if you're around groups of five or more because COVID is real and it's running around. And you don't want it. Just ask Joy in Ann Arbor. She will tell you. Wear your mask, especially if you're around maggots because you know how they are. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. It's just good practice. Maintain your social distance as best you can and if uh, an old crooked Supreme Court justice his robes a flutter come toward, comes toward you on the sidewalk babbling about how well electroshocking little children is free speech if religious people is doing it avoid fappy like the plague because he is and always 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 Gina it's all for you I love you Wayne later <laughs>